This week on Hyperspace Broadcast, we catch up with the boys of Yu Yu Hakusho. Welcome to another episode of Hyperspace Broadcast, the show where two real friends dig through Toonami's back catalog and try to determine what, if anything, is worth revisiting. I'm Michael Doak. I'm Peter Eby. And this week we are returning to Yu Yu Hakusho, covering episodes 26 through 33. We are beginning the Dark Tournament saga. I guess that's a Dragon Ball. That's what Dragon Ball Z would call it. It's like the right. Dark Tournament arc, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what Yu Yu Hakusho calls its story arcs. Now that I now yeah, that I saga, realize it. whatever, yeah, whatever, <laughs> close enough. Uh, anyway, man, I'm I'm excited to be back to Yu Yu Hakusho. This is a nice change of pace from Transformers. Obviously, um, pretty much yeah. anything would be, to be perfectly honest. But hey, it's Yu Yu Hakusho, so that's what we're talking about. Um, yeah, it's it's Yu Hakusho's time. All right, get out of here, Starscream. You're you're done, <laughs> yeah. Alexis, Carlos. Brad, Rad, Rad, Rad Brad, friends. whatever. <laughs> As Get he out. is to his You're friends. Out of here. <laughs> he, like, he makes his friends say Rad. Yeah, I, w- I really wish that we never called him Rad because we are not friends with that character. Yeah, Bradley. <laughs> Bradley, yeah. <laughs> Full name only, please. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. People are screaming for us to stop. <laughs> no more, please. I've heard so much Transformers. <laughs> Yeah, we can't shit talk Transformers anymore. Anyway. Let's get back to this kooky world where there's a spirit world and demons, but it's also modern day, and we've got our delinquent friend, Yusuke Urameshi. Yeah, so it's... Made a spirit detective. Yeah, it's been quite a while since we last talked about this show, Uh, so I'm just going to briefly outline, like, who the characters are and basically where we left off. So our main character, as you just said, is Yusuke Urameshi, who is a teenage delinquent who died saving a child from being hit by a car. Because his last act was a selfless one, uh, he's given a second chance by Koenma, who is the ruler of the spirit world. And basically, this, through a series of trials and other BS, uh, leads to him gaining spirit powers, which is like a little gun that he can do by like holding out his hand and the little, you know, I guess gun. Yeah, he does a finger gesture, gun, but yeah, actually right. a laser comes out. Uh, yeah, awesome. right. And now he's working for Koenma. So his like team of people basically uh, is made up of his former rival slash like best friend Kuabara, who's a ridiculously voiced man with a big red pompadour, yeah. uh, and he yeah. loves to fight. And he's pretty much the Vegeta to Yusuke's Goku, like. He's he's always kind of lagging behind, but he wants to be on top. Uh, and he has like a blazing sword that he can form out of nothing <laughs> as his spirit power. Also makes lightsaber sounds, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, what would it? It wouldn't be anime if it didn't have random lightsaber sounds in it. I feel like <laughs> uh, there is also Kurama, who is a half human, half demon, who Yusuke was ordered to find and basically recapture early on in the show. Uh, his spirit power allows him to basically motivate plant growth, and he usually uses this to make like a rose whip, like it's a whip covered in thorns made out of a rose. Uh, Hiei is the last of the core characters, 
and he's another demon you had to track down. He's more of like a badass. He has the voice of Android 17 from Dragon Ball Z. So it's that really like emotionless, cold kind of voice acting. He's kind of cruel, but uh, I don't know. He is fun. He's like a ninja dude. He's really badass, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's the dark guy, you know, he's he's all badass and edgy. Yeah, right. So some more secondary characters. I don't know. I feel weird saying Botan is a secondary character, but she kind of is at this point. Uh, Botan uh-huh. is the fairy woman of the river Styx. She's kind of has like a bubbling personality and wears a kimono sometimes. Uh, and more or less, she is the exposition dumper of the show. She understands the spirit <laughs> world, so she tells Kuwabara and Yusuke how things work, and therefore the audience. Um, there's... She's like the guide, too. Yeah, you know, like, right, yeah right. They, She comes in and, and guides the party a bit. Uh, there's Keiko, who is Yusuke's childhood friend. Uh, she and Yusuke have kind of a mutual crush thing going on, but so far in the show, it hasn't led to anything Uh, and honestly that's about it Uh, she's mostly been ignorant of the spirit world stuff up until this point Uh, and then there's shizuru who is kuwabara's older sister and she doesn't give a fuck and smokes yeah she's she's awesome she just smokes cigarettes and doesn't give a fuck and i think the vibe is like she's also kind of a delinquent i mean yeah Um, i have to imagine and it's very uh (laughs) is like protective of her younger brother in a way that's uh charming it it, through her like aloof nature and like doesn't give a shit attitude right so now that that's out of the way um the last arc of the show featured the four heroes fighting a pair of super strong brothers named the taguro brothers uh one of whom is a giant muscly guy uh and one of whom can transform into anything but he he transforms into a sword so his brother can swing him around, basically. Yeah, a, a gross, fleshy sword Yeah, so what he turns into. So back to Transformers, it's kind of like G1 with Megatron oh. <laughs> turning into a pistol and then Starscream firing him. Yeah, like, yeah, there it's, you go. It's a He's a minicon. His brother, his brother is a minicon. <laughs> God damn it. To be honest, get he, us out of to here. To be honest, he hangs out on the other Taguro's shoulder a lot, so that's like true. that's actually that's a really true. good comparison. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't have much to say it's kind of perfect um yeah yeah but it, it just beeps and boops <laughs> right but anyway uh, uh the heroes had to free a water spirit who is Hiei's half sister uh that was kidnapped by a human gangster and kuwabara fell in love with this water spirit because she's a attractive woman and he's an anime protagonist so that's all it really takes um <laughs> and yeah, basically they beat the Taguros uh, and then got the hell out this of there. Is, so we're going to do something a little different with the format of our show. Instead of having a distinct Zenith and Nadir's segment, we're going to wrap it into the synopsis. So this is where I come in Correct. with uh, my Nadir, which is the <laughs> uh, the first episode of this series. We kind of begin the arc realizing that, oh, the Taguro brothers are alive and they're fine. And we do this via, <laughs> a, hilariously, a VHS tape, which they had got oh, right. recording yeah. of uh, the Taguro brothers just kind of getting back up after a sword was left in one of them and they're just lying down. And then they talk to like the big bad and they're like, yeah, I think it was a pretty, it was pretty good acting on our part. You know, we're, they're just such badasses that they're fine. Yeah. Right. The and, big bad being uh, named Sakio, by the way, he's a human gangster yeah. who's very rich and powerful. Yeah. And he's got like a scar in his eye and stuff. Yeah. So right. big Taguro shows up again to Yusuke later on and like 
he's just like threatens Yusuke and Yusuke sees him and he's like, what the fuck? And they're in public and the human realm and all that. Part of why I don't like this episode is I don't care for Taguro all that much. He's just sure. like, he's just like typical anime badass villain, but without much personality. And um, while there is hints that of almost like a, almost like a mentor relationship between he and Yusuke, the way he like sees his potential in Yusuke. He's also like clearly a villain. You know, he, he threatens Yusuke to entering the tournament, forces him to enter the tournament by saying, I'm going to kill you and everyone you've ever loved. If you don't enter. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and I think if you lose the tournament as well. And of course, like he's, uh, he's just like huge and ripped. And he's got like these sun, tiny sunglasses. I just think his character design looks ridiculous. And like the fact that, we just got through this this not super long but like a long battle and a big arc defeating this guy and the next episode he just gets back up and he's back <laughs> yeah, in the main yeah, plot right. <laughs> is that's kind of frustrating like i figured like may, i don't know maybe they could have had him like come back secretly in the dark tournament and then like oh it's revealed later on that he's back oh my god we can't fight him but whatever he shows up here threatens him and he literally says i was only using 20 percent of my full power yeah which <laughs> like, get used to he, that he, yeah get used to the literal anime stereotype <laughs> and and so like i guess that's just their motivator for getting in is like this asshole shows back up and forces them back into the tournament and the rest of the episode is spent like the characters train and they train and they train some more and we get a little montage for they're all ready to get on a boat and go and, you know, who else is here? They have one other member to join their tournament team besides the uh, usual four. And it's this mysterious character who's got, like, their face wrapped up. And they look exactly like Genkai. And their exact same height as Genkai. It's just you can't see their face. And it's like, well, shit, this is obviously going to be Genkai, right? Yeah, Genkai, of course, being the, like, martial arts master who is uh, taken Yusuke under her wing. She's a major presence right, in the yeah. first arc. And we don't even know if this is technically really Genkai. There's some hints that it's not, which is actually kind of interesting. They hint at it like Kuobara's like, what? that's Genkai, right? Like <laughs> He's like, thinks it. And then later on, the character talks and it's like, this doesn't seem right. So it doesn't I'm sound curious quite what's going like on Genkai, there. but it does sound a lot like Genkai's voice actor. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, right. it's, Genkai magically turned younger, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, right. And so this actually dovetails directly into my Zenith, the next episode, episode 27, The Dark Tournament Begins. Now, in this episode, all of our Dark Tournament contestants get onto a boat to go to this island, and the island is where the tournament is held. And the basic idea of this tournament, by the way, is is that it's a tournament. I think it's held in the spirit world. Um and it's a tournament that's held by wealthy humans, like non-demon humans, usually mafiosos and stuff. Yeah, it's Extremely like gangsters, people who like, primarily. Yeah, and they like hire a team of demons to fight to the death. And it's kind of just this blood sport thing that these rich assholes like to do. Yeah, and then the demons are the audience primarily because they yeah. also enjoy yeah. blood sport. So. Yeah, and there's like one, there's one team that's forced to fight in the tournament. And I think that's usually a team of humans. And so in this case, it's like whoever the most hated humans are in the demon world. And so Yusuke Urameshi is like top of the list because he's been kicking ass lately. Right. And so um, he and his crew, they all get on a boat with a bunch of other contestants. And you're like, damn, I guess this is a tournament. They're going to fight on a boat. It's like, I don't know, Yu-Gi-Oh! Where they fight on a blimp for some reason. No, actually, this is like a pre-tournament battle royale. And... Uh, one of the things I like about this, well, it's it's this not episode, meant to be. <laughs> it's it's meant to be a qualifying round. Uh, yeah, right. 
but yeah, all the demons turn on him because they're demons and they don't give a shit about the rules, basically. So Right, and they all fight at once, making it more kind of like a battle royale is what, I, what I'm saying. And uh, so, like, they get one member of each team elect to fight, and then Genkai, whoever volunteers to be the uh, team member for Yusuke's team, gets in and just slaughters everybody. And then, of course, yeah, all the other demons are just like, well, fuck you. We're all going to kill you now. <laughs> We're going to kill your whole team because your guy's super good. Fuck that. And we just get shots of every character doing badass shit and kicking ass. Yusuke, who's asleep and has been asleep because his training was so completely intense, <laughs> is asleep for this entire fight, almost killed, but then manages to punch a demon in his sleep just because he's having like nightmare flashbacks about his terrible training, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I, one thing I really like about this episode is I was surprised that like, how brisk the pace is compared to especially compared to dbz but compared to other like martial arts shonen shows in general um just like this is the kind of thing that would have been three or four episodes of dbz right and then you know after like three episodes pre-tournament they get on the boat there's four to eight episodes of this tournament battle this pre-tournament battle and then there's like you know a hundred episodes in the tournament right in this case it's half of an episode is devoted to this cool battle preliminary thing and then they actually just arrive on shore. And it's like, whoa, whoa really? And the, the <laughs> yeah. show still manages, the writing still manages to make, retain its kind of charm. The characters are fun, wisecrack. Uh, and it doesn't really lose out on anything. Like, it's still, like, a pretty interesting, it's an interesting fight that's kind of fun. And, and I just, I really respect that pacing. <laughs> after, yeah, yeah. It's after a... plotting through so much DBZ. Yeah, of course. I mean, wh- we're going to be talking a lot about DBZ because... I feel like DBZ is a really good analog to this show in a lot of ways. It's just yeah. a version of this show that is takes its time much more. Uh, and one of the things that's great about this is that it is a martial arts shonen show that feels like it respects your time. It doesn't spend 12, you know, 12 episodes on one fight. Yeah. Uh, yes, and it, it and and it is still comparable to DBZ and its like absurdity and cheesiness and its yeah, 90s sure. aspect, I mean, like the twenty percent power. Yeah, thing exactly, exactly. Like, oh my god, talking about power <laughs> you know, percentages is very DBZ. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't even take my full power. It's like oh my god, yes, right. So <laughs> here we are. So now that they're on the island, uh, they meet their first competitors, which is Team Rakuyakai. Uh, the notable members of this team are a child demon named Renku who uses yo-yos that he can electrify and then like control <laughs> telepathically. So they're basically yep. yo-yo tasers that he wraps people up in. Uh, there's a guy named Zero who is basically a demonic guile from Street Fighter. <laughs> yep, it's vampire guile. Uh, who can control heat and demonstrates this by... Uh, destroying a coffee cup, which is one of the funnier moments of the show in this block to me, uh, is him destroying this coffee cup and then saying, tomorrow you will strongly resemble your coffee cup. It's like, what a threat. (laughs) So dumb. (laughs) Yeah, they show up in Yusuke's hotel room because there's like a nice hotel on the island where everyone stays (laughs) and just threaten them before before their next match. And yeah, next up, everyone's fighting Rokuyukai. Yeah, and right. who goes up against Yo-Yo Kid? Kuwabara. Right. Our so boy. Kuwabara fights the Yo-Yo Kid and basically just loses. I mean, I don't know if it's worth getting into the intricacies of that fight. It's pretty much an even match at the end where they both get up at the same time outside of the ring, but 
Rinku manages to climb on stage before him. Yeah, and <laughs> so also like, wraps him up in yo-yos so he can't get back on. Oh the, yeah, onto yeah. The so Kubar like barely loses, and thankfully isn't killed, which is usually the outcome of these matches. Apparently, yeah, right. Typically, everyone gets killed, but both Rinku and Kubara survived. So uh, now it's Kurama's time to fight, or Kurama's time to fight. And that's my least favorite episode. This is episode 29, Flowers of Blood. Um, This is the end of the fight between uh, Kuwabara and Renku, and then the entirety of the fight between Kurama and a demon whose name I didn't catch, and I don't care because he's very boring. Yeah, yeah, he shows up for a second and dies. (laughs) Basically, the whole fight boils down to this demon who sounds like someone doing a bad Peter Lorre impression is like... You can't fight me because I have a demon brother who has tracked down your human mother and is going to kill her if you do anything. So I'm just going to sit here and taunt you, basically, uh, until I guess I finally decide to kill you. And he has, like, a button, and he's, like, going to press. He's got a special demon button that looks like it's made out of flesh. (laughs) He threatens to press if he doesn't grovel and lick his boots, literally. Yeah, right. So uh, Kurama basically just kind of takes it and then the demon explodes we're then told that earlier in the episode when kurama threw a small pebble at the demon that was actually a distraction and what kurama did while the pebble hit the demon is plant a seed inside the demon that then grew into a big plant and basically eviscerated the demon and tore him apart and like that's cool but to be honest, the reason this is my day dear is I don't generally like the kind of storytelling that is, hey, audience, here's something that happened that you could never have figured out on your own without us telling <laughs> yeah. you. And also it already happened. So it's over <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. And moving on. And it's already like, well, were you on the edge of your seat? Well, it was all bullshit because actually I had it in my in the bag the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. All right. So it's fine. With magic. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine, but it's I don't know. Like I'm I would have preferred to see Kurama actually fight, to be honest. Uh this is kind yeah, of a I'm sure we'll get lame a feeling. Well, yeah, of course. There's like seventeen more fights left in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Kurama has to fight at yeah, some point. This is a, a long arc. So moving on from that, we have Hiei's matchup against Ziru, the guy who destroyed a coffee cup threateningly. And he uses a move called Dragon of the Darkness Flame, where basically he sacrifices one of his limbs by, like, totally mangling it to just absolutely erase Zero from existence. Like, Zero's literally yeah. just gone. There's not even a corpse. He's just disappeared. <laughs> and that's it. Which is pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, that's the fight. Yeah, there are things about that that I like. For example... It's kind of crazy in a show like this to see a fight that is over in about 10 minutes. Um, and it's yeah. also a cool thing that it shows some of Hiei's character where, like, he doesn't particularly give a shit about actually fighting. He just wants to win. So he does as fast and efficiently as possible. Um, but now his yeah, arm is it, all it, messed like- up. It's like if a Street Fighter character came in and just immediately used every super they could. <laughs> like, 
before anything starts you just like or goku flies in uses a spirit bomb in the beginning of the battle like yeah right no, right it's it's very this one's at- done. it's very atypical for this kind of show because yeah, yeah most yeah, yeah. of the time the characters enjoy fighting and are like testing their strength against their opponents he on the other hand just comes in immediately obliterates his opponent as fast as he can and then walks out of the <laughs> arena like he it's, doesn't give yeah, a shit it's actually it's pretty admirable and like pretty cool for this like dark characters to be like i don't even give a fuck about the structures of shonen anime <laughs> <laughs> right right uh yusuke is still asleep by the way so yeah he's been asleep this whole time and occasionally he mumbles something that suggests that he's aware of what's going on but uh he's still asleep so after watching Zero get totally annihilated, the two remaining members of Team Rakuyakai, one of whom is like a hippie dude, uh, basically yeah. just flee because they know they're screwed. Zero was the strongest of them. Which is a shame. I wanted to see the hippie guy's powers. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure he didn't have any, to be honest, <laughs> given that he just runs. But So they flee, and then they're taken out off screen, and a new fighter enters the battlefield, and his name is Chu, and he is like a master of drunken fighting. So basically he's totally intoxicated and like stumbling around. Uh, and he has a really terrible Australian accent and Mm -hmm. uses a lot of phrases that I have to assume are like Australian slang, but I have no way of confirming that. So it's just kind of weird. Um, he also, he looks kind of like a fist of the North star character. He's definitely built. Yeah, he really does. And it, like he's got like the the spiky pauldrons like of any Fist of the North Star bandit, yeah, or like a character from Mad Max, basically. Yeah. Like he he's one yeah. of the or like a raider from Fallout. You know, he's a post apocalyptic looking guy. He's an Australian. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what Australians are like. Yeah. So he comes in and Yusuke wakes up and he's like, "All right, now it's time to fight." Uh, Both demonstrate their various spirit powers. Uh, For example, Chu has this like super, super, super alcohol called Ogre Killer that he (laughs) drinks, immediately vomits up, but it makes him much, much stronger. Uh, Yusuke's spirit gun can now fire four shots without recharging when previously it could only fire one. Uh, And they have a fight that is eventually decided by a knife edge death match <laughs> a knife edge death match yeah a knife edge death match which is a thing that chu proposes and basically it involves sticking two knives into the arena putting your bare foot against the blade of the knife and you're just super close to each other and then the fight is resolved literally by yusuke and chu just punching each other in the face over and over yeah. and over again for about a half episode until finally chu goes down also, uh, Keiko and Shizuru, like, found out that something was going on, and basically they corner Botan and get Botan to take them to the tournament. So they've been in the stands through all of this, and Keiko is, of course, very upset that Yusuke is getting the shit beat out of him, because that's basically her role in the show. Uh, and Shizuru is kind of making snarky comments about it, because that's her role in the show. And, you know, Keiko's all upset. Uh, Yusuke ends up winning. And then Chu is like, well, you have to kill me. This is a fight to the death. And uh, Yusuke is like, no, no, this was a good fight. So we'll fight again sometime, which is basically how shonen anime protagonists become yeah. friends. <laughs> yep. Uh, and yeah, the first the round Goku of the tournament. Maneuver. Yeah, the first round of the tournament is over. So... Fortunately, Team Urmeshi pulled through, even though Kuwabara lost, but everyone else won their matches. 
So now we come to my favorite episode, episode 33, A Day in Waiting. And this is kind of a filler episode, but it does a lot of work to set up the next uh, round of the tournament. Basically, Kurama is watching the other teams in the first round fighting. Uh, so we get introduced to some of the other teams that will be important later in the show. For example, there's a team that seems to also be made up entirely of human fighters, uh, which is unusual for the tournament. And they're run yeah. by a guy who kind of looks like Paul Bearer, if you're familiar with really old school WWE stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just like a short of, fat man <laughs> with a huge got, chin. The, the chin is the probably the most notable part. Yeah, this is yeah. Like he, chin goblin is how I'd refer to him. Uh, he, he has a chin like the guy in the first episode of One Punch Man, like the little kid with the huge chin. Oh, God. That he right. saves that causes him to become One Punch Man. Yeah, do um, Dr. Ichigaki is his name. And I don't know. He seems like he's got a bunch of little mutants or something. Or first of all, his members as his children. So who knows yeah, what that's going right, to be about. Yeah, right. But they're human martial artists, so that's the important thing. That's a weird thing. Uh, we yeah. also get to see Taguro go in. He goes in and literally solos an entire team by himself <laughs> at yep, once. All at once. <laughs> using, I think, 40% of his power or something. So, you know, <laughs> that's silly, but I kind of love it. Um, he just uses the same move over and over again. Just punches them so hard in the stomach that their back explodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Except he the just last punches guy holes who I think all of them. <laughs> Yeah, the last guy that gets just punched in half. <laughs> right. Uh, and then we have some, like, side story stuff. So w what I like about this episode is that it actually raises the stakes quite a bit because that side story mm -hmm. stuff is that Yusuke can't use his spirit gun for some reason. Usually it recharges by the next day, but for some reason now it's not. And that's kind of his trump card. So yeah. that's a serious problem. Um, Hiei's arm is totally messed up from using Dragon of the Darkness Flame, which suggests that he will be a less effective fighter. And, you know, Kuwabara barely scraped by in his first match, basically. And yeah. I guess Kurama's probably fine. But for the most part, the Urameshi team is sort of down a couple of fighters like they're not going to be fighting at their full strength and not only that but the tournament the tournament is literally stacked against them where they have the most fights of any other team to have to go through like yeah, the bracket somehow, is fucked up somehow the bracket has them fighting four rounds in the second round even though there are six teams total yeah, which like is the, hilarious. The, all the other teams get like several buys. <laughs> yeah, it's absurd. <laughs> but of course, you know, this is not a fair tournament. That's not the point. Yeah. So it's a demon it, tournament. It's yeah, a dark so it kind of makes sense. Uh, the other thing, which is a more minor note, but something that I personally ver love a lot, is that Yusuke is attacked by a demon who has like <laughs> Cyclops from the X Men's visor, except he's like a big skeletal like yeah. warrior dude, Skullface Cyclops. And he carries around a football that is basically like a heat-seeking missile that he throws at Yusuke. <laughs> so he has like an evil football, and his name is Rugby, because, Amazing. as he puts it, rugby is the closest thing humans have to recreational pain, which is so silly <laughs> that I can't help but love it. Anyway, he is killed by his own teammate, uh, because he's trying to kill Yusuke. <laughs> now he'd be called UFC. Yeah, right, It'd right. Be much more or, boring. I don't know. Like, I assume he's not familiar with the BDSM community, for example. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's true. 
So I don't know. I just think rugby is very funny. And he's also an example of something I like about this show a lot, which is like the character designs are so like horror inspired that despite being a stupid joke character, he looks kind of cool. Like except the Cyclops visor that that's totally silly. But like, I love that. He he actually looks kind of threatening despite being a character who is literally named after a sport and carries around the ball that that sport is played with as a weapon. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's great. Um, well, and the, the the crowd shots also have a lots of demon designs that are just fun, even though we see them a lot. Yeah, maybe yeah the crowd much, shots are but, reused constantly, and but still, it, you know, it's fun fine, seeing like it happens. Look at that! There's a walrus cyclops dog demon. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, there there is there is definitely a demon who is a cyclops lion with a unicorn horn. Yes, <laughs> like that kind of shit is just awesome. I love that stuff. So yeah, yeah, everyone's got a favorite. Right. So uh, that's the block. We're going to go to our break. When we get back, we're going to talk about our thoughts on the block overall and then a bet and then what we're going to be watching next week. You harnessed heat energy with such great precision that it resembled a knife cut, but one of the edges was sloppily melted. You have your flaw. Yu Yu Hakusho will return in a moment. Hey there, this is Michael just jumping in during the break, as I always do, to give you some acknowledgments. Our opening and closing music is, as always, Vapor Diving. The music for the bumpers is Monkeys. Both of these tracks are by Anitek. That is A-N-I-T-E-K. You can find more of their music on SoundCloud. Rights were secured through Gemendo. Our next full episode will release September 30th, and tune in next week for a discussion of Hunter x Hunter. As always, you can submit a topic or show suggestion for our minisodes via DM on facebook.com slash hbpod, Twitter at hbpod, or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. Let's do man-to-man! That's how real men fight, after all. And now, back to Yu Yu Hakusho. All right, we are back. Peter, what did you think about the first uh, arc of the Dark Tournament arc? <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, I, it's it's fun coming back to something like this, which I forgot how like cheesy and very... like. I mean, it's what when people say, "Oh, that's so anime." Like this is the kind of thing they're talking mm-hmm, about. I mm-hmm. think I said that before. I think I said that before about Yu Yu Hakusho as well. It's like this is this is it. Like this, this is like yeah, this dude brags about how twenty percent power when he defeated you last time, and now he's forty percent. And that's not even his full power. Oh my god! And then like you get like just all this like fighting and these like ridiculous abilities, which is like. The ridiculous abilities in anime was one of my favorite things. I always love seeing, like, what the fuck? Okay, this character fights with electrified yo-yos? Sure, hell yeah. I want to see what that's <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, th- this character murders a dude with his hair somehow and just causes him to explode. F- fucking cool. Can't wait till that guy shows up in a real episode. <laughs> like, yeah, right. That's one of uh, Taguro's teammates. Yeah, yeah. He just pops in. And then, like, these weird, like, the mutant kids show up, and they, like, one of them makes, like, rings of energy around his arms that he attacks people with, sort of. It's weird. (laughs) There's also two cheetah men on that team, and I'm really excited to see what those guys are like. Uh, Yeah, you know, I I, I like this. There were times where it felt like it dragged a little bit. Um, 
despite its pacing, which is fascinating <laughs> how how much faster paced it is than DBZ, as I've already said, but um, you know, still like you can get like kind of into the into the weeds with some of these fights, uh, particularly when Yusuke and Chu are punching each other for thirty minutes in the face <laughs> yeah and for, that's it's it. not quite that long they spend much longer try like talking about the knife edge death match yeah, and everyone true. theorizing on it, what they mean by knife edge death match which in fairness it wasn't what i thought it was going to be it's a lot of characters talking about what's going to happen <laughs> yeah that's true that's true i mean that's also and, very anime though like yep, having yeah, characters gotta, observing a fight talking about the fight <laughs> yep you gotta have to have to have a peanut gallery you know it's like it's like on uh I think that some Japanese reality shows they'll have like a picture in picture of a commentary table people watching and reacting in real time, which seems like very comparable to this kind of thing. I do like, honestly if... really want to edit a version of this show. I, I think I've said <laughs> this with DBZ, but I would love to have a version of this show that has picture in picture of reactions from other characters while fighting is happening. That's 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 how you make a real Kai, dude. That's how you sh you, you could make DBZ so much shorter by having picture in picture well, yeah, reactions. Of just silent too it's just muted of of like king kai freaking out in the corner <laughs> that would be really funny oh, i'm sure man. there's like it, an actually stylistic way to do that that would be really cool but anyway yeah yeah it's a thought for another time maybe but uh i think this this show still like i remember and i was telling i was telling lauren like hey so like but the dub of the show is really good and coming back to it the dub of the show is pretty good um it's very cheesy and it's like you know but like the acting is done well pretty well and it's like you can tell they're working with anime dialogue and that kind of thing um but it's it, it it's a little funnier and cheesier than i remembered yeah it's um, kind of like it's kind of like g gundam in a way like i feel like there's yeah. a sweet spot with dubs of very shonen anime that is kind of missed sometimes nowadays mm -hmm. because like the old school dubbing where it is very cheesy and like they don't seem to be taking it too seriously really fits the source material for me. Whereas now yeah. I feel like dubs are better overall, but like, I mean, no one's doing Kuwabara's voice in modern dubs, you know, like <laughs> right. it's, it's too goofy, but it's perfect for Kuwabara. Like it's such a yeah. perfect voice. Yeah, for sure. And it, I, you're right, and I really love Kuwabara's voice. I love that. That is such a unique thing about the show, too. Where it's just like we're just going to give him this ridiculous, like almost gravelly, guttural voice. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I mean, it's teenager. Chris Sabat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, right. It's, it's like still, if you took Vegeta's voice and just like put it through like a rock tumbler. Like that's basically it's like, yeah, Kuwabara. It's like Vegeta's voice. Vegeta ate a bunch of rocks and was in the process of throwing up in every line. <laughs> where he's like, Yusuke, I'm gonna puke. Yeah, yeah. Kuwabara's voice is great. Like, but uh, you know what? And like the the I I like the writing of this show in general. It's a lot of like wisecracking lines. Very like very. I know I've been relying on saying nine. This is very anime and this is very nineties. But that's what I think when I think of characters just being like you jackass and just like saying like random, <laughs> random lines. A lot of which have like damn and hell and yeah, ass random in them. kind of unnecessary, but also very minor swearing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, and, and the way you Yusuke and Kuwabara talk to each other is just always so funny to me. It, like. <laughs> 
it very classic like they'll call each other a dumbass and they'll never admit that they love each other but they do love each other you know yeah of course my favorite line unfortunately not from this block but uh from from the first couple of blocks that we covered is uh after kuwabara and yusuke hug each other because they both completed some difficult task they immediately like stop hugging and uh you know there's some yusuke makes some jab about it and then kuwabara responds with who was hugging i was trying to squeeze you to death which is so (laughs) stupid that it's kind of lovable yeah there's there's something very charming about about this show's whole like attitude uh (laughs) attitude with its characters and dialogue the whole kind of like delinquent spirit of the show i would say like there's there is a aspect of the characters where they're rough around the edges and they swear and they trash talk each other and i really like that because it's so different from like your typical shonen dialogue where it's just like i'm gonna cheer you on i'm angry and i'm only interested in myself and you know it's like a couple archetypes and none of them seem to be like shit talking friends right right something lovable about that what what were your thoughts about this so just off the bat like i think that this show is a really good example of like shonen martial arts anime um again like much like you i can only really compare it to dragon ball z since that's the only other thing i've seen that is really in the same kind of category but one of the things i really appreciate about the show although it's not totally a compliment is to say that like Generally speaking, when something starts to annoy me, like when they take a concept or a joke a little too far or just like Mm -hmm. stick with it for too long, pretty much immediately after I recognize that it's been happening for too long, for example, Yusuke being asleep, uh, he will wake up like the show doesn't tend to totally drag its concepts like through as much as possible, which, you know, again, Relating it to DBZ, DBZ does nothing but that. Like, if DBZ has a joke or an idea, it will not stop reminding you that that thing is there. The fucking Mr. Satan jokes over and over again. I mean, yeah, like, that's the perfect example. Like, just Mr. Satan really overstays his welcome. And I feel like in Yu Yu Hakusho, sometimes things overstay their welcome, but they never overstay it to the point where it just becomes like, why am I even watching this? Like, just go away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which again, like things do sometimes overstay their welcome, which is unfortunate, but for the most part, it's not for too long. So that's nice. Um, I find it honestly pretty annoying that so far in this arc, Keiko and Shizuru have just been in the stands and they have nothing to do. Like Keiko worries about Yusuke and Shizuru makes snide comments. And that's the extent of what they do. And what they've done for this whole time. And to be fair, it's a 90s anime marketed towards young boys. So, like, I get it. Like, that's not uncommon. But it still kind of sucks. And it especially sucks when I think about it in terms of, like, like Dragon Ball Z sometimes, not always, but sometimes does its female characters better than this show. Which is weird. Because DBZ (laughs) does not do that very well. But, like, Android 18 exists, and Bulma is seriously important, really both in, I mean, not really Frieza himself, but, like, getting to Namek, she's deeply important. Uh, During the Cell Saga, the whole time machine stuff, that's all her. Like, and really, I can, like, define Bulma as a character 
aside from just what male character she is related to or in a semi-relationship with. Like, yeah. Bulma's not Vegeta's wife. Uh, Yusuke, or rather Keiko, is Yusuke's, like, kind of girlfriend. And that's kind of all there is to her. And yeah, that is that's frustrating. True. You really don't see much else of Keiko. And I do, I personally do like their relationship and the bits they have and that she cares about him and, you know, his kind of aloofness to her, but you know, he secretly cares about her too. As, as done as that's been to the dirt, I, I like it, and I think it's it's fun here. I like Chizuru's commentary a lot. <laughs> I think her like snide badassery and like <laughs> detachment is a lot of fun, especially when she puts a cigarette out on a demon's tongue to get him out of her face. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Funny. That was really cool. <laughs> but um, you are correct. Like they're like pretty much any scene that they're in, they're talking about the male characters. They're never like having their own shit happening. Um, well, it's not Botan even necessarily like. Thing. But it's not even necessarily they just talk about the male characters. It's just they don't have anything to do. They don't need to be there so far. Like I like that they're there, though. I don't know. Like, I know what it's going to. I feel like I know what they're going to do. Probably obvious where it's like, okay, Yusuke is going to be almost dead. And then Keiko's going to run in and yell for him. And he'll be like, Keiko. And then he'll get his power back because he's inspired to protect someone he loves. Like, that seems like what it's going to be for sure. I don't think they have anything else to do except like maybe be threatened. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, either. right. Which to be fair, Shizuru's already been threatened by a bunch of demons and then saved by yeah. Sakio. So uh, maybe there's something there. Maybe they will have yeah, some kind of interaction probably. that could be fun. But uh, but basically, in this arc, in this block at least, uh, they have nothing to do, and I find that frustrating. And now, in yes, fairness, it's a '90s shonen show but still like uh, watching it in 2020 and in fairness for if, if we're putting a spotlight on the female characters of the show and that they don't do much i mean there is genkai who is very very powerful and is you know a, a cool master and like this supposed genkai who's on their team is also yeah yeah i, I, I tend know. to refer you know, to them I, as not genkai because i assume that it's genkai but i don't know yeah that's a fair point i just i don't know i wish keiko had more to do um, i do too but uh, to to do a compliment sandwich here, uh, even though yeah. I feel like that kind of sucks, uh, I do really like the horror elements of this show. Like I mentioned earlier, um, uh, Rugby is such a goofy character, but he's designed like a horror movie monster. And I love that because like yeah. another show like this, like again, DBZ that character would look very goofy. And to be fair, DBZ is a much more cartoony show in general, but like, I appreciate the show's willingness to have these weird, like horror inspirations and all the monster designs look kind of cool and creepy, like cool and gross and bizarre. Yeah. It's right. Like they're not necessarily scary, but they're also not super cartoonish. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting style that I like quite a bit. Um, I like that too. And you know, not not to dig up the past, but frankly, it's nice that this block didn't have jokes about Yusuke groping women and like sort of transphobic jokes. Like that's nice uh-huh. to not see. So I hope we can continue with that. Now, I wouldn't say the previous episodes were uh, completely laden with that stuff, but when they did happen, they were very unpleasant and shitty. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, so, I agree. There hasn't been anything that we have to be like, well, this is made in the 90s, you know, like. Yeah, right. Where you kind of have to excuse it's. Yeah, bad behavior, I guess. So yeah, like, 
it's nice to return to the show, honestly. I don't know why we... It's been two years since we last watched this. I'm not totally sure why we didn't pick it up sooner, but... This uh, was always one I wanted to... I wanted to pick this one back up, too, a lot of the times, but I kept losing bets, and you kept picking DC shit, so... <laughs> hey, it's that's not my fault. also good, so... I know, deal with it, it is. You're right. Anyway... Uh, I wanted that anime. Yeah, it's it's nice to be back to something that doesn't make me want to tear my hair out almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's consistent logic. Imagine that. Right, or just consistent characterization that like exists. Anyway, we're not talking about Transformers Armada anymore. Really need to purge that from my memory. Um, yep. So let's move on to the bet. Uh, something that happens a lot in this tournament is that the audience is in danger. Uh, honestly, one of the uh, a friend of ours and a listener of the podcast pointed out that his favorite character in this arc is the announcer, who's like a fox girl, because she is really like nonchalant about the amount of just ridiculous violence and like yeah. how gro- gruesome it is. Like she's very excited about that. And then also the audience will just be killed sometimes by moves. And it's like, oh, well, nice... that happens. Shrug. Yeah. It's, which it's, is pretty it's, funny. It's the plus side of having an audience full of like evil demons. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just have someone yeah. blast. It's it's not like a DBZ tournament where it's like, oh, the, the audience is shielded by their Kamehameha attack from their Kamehameha attacks. In this, in this case, it's like someone fires a big blast and it goes in the crowd. Yeah, they're just gone. Yeah. And you don't <laughs> care because they're demons or like, yeah, fucking human gangsters. <laughs> like. It doesn't yeah, really yep. matter to you that the, a bunch of people just died it's, unnecessarily. And so our bet is going to be how often the next block are are their audience fatalities um, caused by either side of the uh, any combatant. Yeah, really. yeah. Really. How many times do we see it? Um, happened a handful of times in the last block. There was like, I think, three or four shots of that. Now, here's a question. Do we count fatalities caused by characters who are outside the ring? I don't think that should count. I'd say no. Okay, good. Because I, yeah, I just, think just, the hair guy killed some people, but he's not really right. a competitor yet. That doesn't so. count. It has to be like a move that's in, in the ring from ring combatants that kills people in the audience. Okay, yeah. That sounds good to me. Watching it with bated breath. <laughs> yeah, hoping they won't die. Um, so uh, how many do you think, uh, how many times do you think that's going to happen, Peter? Um, I feel like it's only going to get stronger from here. Probably. Five times. Ooh. Um, I'll say seven times. I'm just going to go higher Ooh. for some reason. <laughs> okay. Because I, I suspect you're right. There's going to be more uh, superpower in, this, uh, in yeah. this series of matchups. So cool. Now that the bet's locked in, uh, what we're going to be watching next week for Minnesota is Hunter x Hunter. Uh, just a grab bag. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's a more modern show that was also created by Yoshihiro Tagashi, who is the creator of Yu Yu Hakusho. Incidentally, he is married to uh, Naoko Takeuchi, who is the creator of Sailor Moon. And yeah. I was very happy when I found that out. <laughs> it's it's That's really funny. It's like, yeah, it's just the crazy manga power couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got both shonen and... Uh, uh, Shoujo. Yeah, jeez, almost said seinen. Oh, that's a totally different thing, dude. Seinen, yeah. yeah. Anyway... Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) You got both Shonen and Seinfeld. (laughs) Classic (laughs) combination. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, well, we've watched a little bit of it. It's interesting. I'm still not totally sure my feelings on it, but it's a fun show at the very least. So we'll be talking about that next week. It's very fast-paced, like Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I, I, I too am, like, 
puzzled and I'm curious about yeah, the show. Yeah, we'll, we'll so, talk about it. It's got some weird sure. elements, but uh, that'll be next week. And then after that, obviously, we'll be watching more Yu Yu Hakusho. But until then, I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And rejoin us next week for our discussion of Hunter x Hunter. Hey, I just wanted to thank you for listening and say that I hope you're safe and as comfortable as can be out there. This podcast is in support of Black Lives Matter, and if you check the relevant post on our website, that post being Black Lives Matter, there are links to charities and lists of charities that you should really donate to if you have the means. Uh, We receive nothing from any of these donations, obviously, uh, just trying to spread the word with the platform that we have. As small as it may be, but hey, something is better than nothing, so uh, please donate if you can, or at least spread the word yourself. If you want more of our content, you can follow us over at facebook.com slash hbpod and twitter at hbpod, where we post all of our episodes as well as additional content related to what we've been watching. This is also a great way to get in contact with us if you're so inclined. Of course, subscribing on Apple Podcasts is also a great way to stay up to date. Uh, That's true of pretty much any podcasting service. I think most of them have us on there. Uh, And while you're there, consider leaving us a review. We would really appreciate it. It helps us to find new listeners. And, uh, you know, it's just generally something cool. So thanks a lot in advance. See you next week for Hunter x Hunter. And then after that, we'll be back to more Yu Yu Hakusho.